Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect way to take your brand to the next level? Want to reach a dedicated, engaged audience that's all ears? With Audiohook.com, you can do just that. Audiohook is the premier podcast advertising platform, connecting advertisers with some of the best podcasts in the world. Audiohook uses advanced targeting techniques to ensure your message reaches the right ears at the right time. With detailed analytics, you'll be able to track your campaign's performance and optimize your strategy for maximum impact. Plus, their team of experts are there every step of the way, providing guidance and support to make your campaign a success. So, whether you're a startup, a small business owner, or a marketing pro, Audiohook is your one-stop shop for podcast advertising success. Head over to audiohook.com to start your journey today. Brand new for the 2022 season, it's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday. Jeremy, JN, Fiend Phoenix, and me, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, get at your boys. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Metz. Today, we are we have a very special guest, Morgan Page, recruiting coordinator, assistant coach for the Kansas women's basketball team, your WNIT champions is coming on the podcast to talk about the women's team, what the expectations are moving forward, the stuff, all the stuff that they're excited about. But before we do that, we do have a few other programs to kind of go over. There's a decent amount of news, um, you know, just a ton of stuff to talk about. So I'm going to be doing all that solo. So you get to listen to me for the first few minutes of this episode, but then we will get over uh, to talk with Morgan Page because let me tell you, it's a great interview. I just got done with it. I'm, it was absolutely fantastic. You guys are going to want to hear it. So to start, though, there had obviously been some big news with the end of the season. Jalen Wilson officially declared for the draft. Grady Dick officially declared for the NBA draft. Um, two guys that we knew were going to be leaving um, 
you know, not really that surprised. So there's not really, I think, a lot of analysis to talk about there because we didn't expect any of those guys back. It doesn't really change any of the situation. We've we've talked about that. Um, Kevin McCuller has not announced what his intentions are. However, everything that I've heard and everything that people are reporting is that he is leaning towards going to the draft, probably going to go through the draft process, declare for the draft, but the question is going to be what that feedback is going to be, whether he's going to come back or not. So there is an, an opportunity for, for Kevin McCuller to come back to the team. We will have to see. They did have the banquet on Thursday. A uh, few of the highlights, you know, that happened. Obviously, Jalen Wilson getting the Danny Manning Mr. Jayhawk Award. Um, I don't think that was a surprise to anybody. Obviously, Bill Self talking during the banquet that he wanted Kevin McCuller to come back. Again, not a surprise to anybody else. Um, you know, Doug Gerard um, also was there along with Travis Goff. They addressed the crowd before Self. Um, and then, of you know, there was a video highlight, all that stuff that you normally will see in the banquet. Self did confirm that, uh, that uh, you know, redshirt freshman Kyle Cuff has not made a decision yet. So um, it'll be interesting, I think, to see whether he sticks around with the team. Either way, Kansas has some some players that they can go out to try to get. From from all the reports out there, Hunter Dickinson, uh, transfer from Michigan, is one of the big targets. They have a few other guys that they're looking at. I will be very interested. And, of course, we will give you whatever news we can about guys that have uh, committed to Kansas, that are transferring to Kansas, um, as we you know look to add them to the great recruiting class that we have. Over our Blue Wings Rising, we are doing recruiting profiles for all of the players. I believe all of them will have been out by the time we actually uh, publish this episode. So definitely something to enjoy. Make sure that uh, you guys are ready for next season, that you're ready for these different recruits coming in, and that you're keeping up to date with everything going on. Other things that are happening in the department, um, Kansas Jayhawk baseball is on a big winning streak right now, five games. Uh, they had a little bit of a struggle to begin the uh, to begin conference play, but they did sweep Baylor uh, in their last conference series over the weekend, and then they had beaten Creighton the week or before that in the midweek and beat Missouri State earlier this week. This weekend coming up, they are on the road at West Virginia ready for that series. West Virginia's ranked, so this is going to be a difficult, you know, a difficult game for them. Um, we will see what they're able to do in that series and see if they're able to put themselves in a good position to be able to do something in the Big 12. Um, top eight teams do make the Big 12 tournament, which means that Kansas, as long as, you know, with that sweep of Baylor, they are in pretty good position to make sure that they at least qualify for the Big 12 tournament um, because Baylor will end up as ninth in, in last place with, with only nine teams. Um, on the other side of the diamond, softball the women um you know they've, they've, they've struggled a little bit here and there uh but they did actually give number two oklahoma state a really good game last night on, on thursday night um which was which was absolutely great to see they were tied at five going into the final inning unfortunately oklahoma state was able to pull it out but the performance that they had against a team that is that good gives you some sort of indication that this team isn't that far off um now, obviously, they need to be able to finish it in order in, in order to get the wins that they need to qualify for the Big 12 tournament and to potentially have postseason success. But this is a team that is still developing. This is a team that is still bringing in, um, you know, players that are trying to help turn this program around under under head coach Jennifer McFalls. So I am looking forward to what they're able to do. I will be paying attention to them the rest of the season. And now that women's basketball is over, now that, that men's basketball is over in terms of that coverage, I am planning on jumping in to try to do more softball coverage. Uh, I will not be able to go visit in person or, or anything like that, unfortunately. Timing 
and and scheduling doesn't work out. But I will be trying to give at least wrap up articles, you know, some sort of minor analysis, those sorts of things. And we will be looking to get a softball guest on the podcast here. Um, you know, we're definitely going to make sure that that happens as soon as we possibly can. One final note before we get over to talk with Morgan Page. Uh, the the Kansas football spring showcase is actually tonight from when this episode is being uh, published on Friday. If you have not had made plans already to get out there, it is a free event for the public. Um, the, the spring showcase is supposed to start at seven o'clock, five o'clock is when, uh, you know, gates will open and all of that, um, somewhere around there, but there's going to be a lot of festivities, a lot of, it's, it's going to be a good opportunity to kind of see what's going on with this, with this football program. And I'll, I'll be diving in more, you know, in terms of, uh, position group previews and all of that stuff. We will be doing our hundred day countdown to college. Or I'm sorry, to Kansas football coming this summer, like we have done in the last few years. So pay attention or be ready for that. But uh, we will have full wrap up from the spring showcase and all of spring football uh, coming up in the next week or so. Um, but before we get over to Morgan page, just one other thing uh, talking about wrapping up big events and that is the wrap-up of the third month mania over at Sponsor on the Podcast from Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel, the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. They have t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, joggers, a whole bunch more. Um, they have over 140 different schools. They keep adding new stuff, even for the schools they already have. They have all kinds of fantastic stuff. And they just got done with their third month mania mystery promotion where you got two shirts a week each of the weekends of the tournament for from teams that were both in the men's or women's tournament. Um, I am, I actually am still waiting to get my last shirt because of some, some shipping issues, which unfortunately happens. However, I have seen the exclusive championship shirt that came as part of that, a home field championship shirt. Um, it is absolutely great. I am looking forward to having that in my collection. Um, while you're not able to get that anymore, you are still able to get tons of wonderful vintage college logos, not only from, you know, Candace. But from any other school, in fact, the winner of our Rock Chalk, I'm sorry, the winner of our Blue Wings Rising and Rock Chalk podcast bracket competition is a Georgia fan. And I will be sending him a Georgia shirt as his prize. But you can find plenty of vintage college logos from great schools all over the place. Whether you are a fan of that school or not, there's a bunch of stuff that I have that I have absolutely no affiliation to the school. And I absolutely love the shirt anyway, and I will wear it all the time. So promo code or Homefieldapparel.com, promo code CHOCK12 gets you 15% off your entire first order. Um, make sure you jump on over there and find something fantastic from Homefield Apparel today. All right. I do need to go ahead and throw to a quick break. When we come back, we will be talking with Morgan Page, assistant coach and, and recruiting coordinator for the Kansas women's basketball team. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm Sam, and I co-host the Scott Holm Podcast, the known universe's first Houston Cougar sports podcast. Every week, even during the offseason, my co-host Dustin and I come on and talk everything current as it relates to the Cougs, and every so often, we'll bring on UH luminaries like Carl Lewis, Kellen Sampson, and a number of other fantastic Cougar voices, and as proud members of the 1012 Network, we also find the time to talk about our future conference and future opponents in the Big 12 as well, if all of that sounds even a little bit interesting to you, we would love it if you subscribe to the Scott Holm Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you put podcasts in your ears. That's podcast spelled P-A-W-D cast because the two of us hosting the show are nothing, if not big dorks. So thank you and go Cougs. 
And I am joined now by Morgan Page. She is an assistant coach and recruiting coordinator for the Kansas women's basketball team. She's in her second year at the job here at Kansas. And Morgan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's been kind of a crazy week getting like wind down from the season. Right. But it's it's also funny because it's April. Like this is just very... We're in uncharted waters here playing this late and usually teams are in like postseason workouts by now. And we're like, well, no, uh, seven days ago we played a game. So right. it's been, it's nice. It's been nice to kind of chill out a little bit and decompress after what tends to be a long basketball season. Well, and uh, it's, ex- I was say it is, it is kind of funny because this is the second year for me where I'm covering basketball into April because, you know, it's, it's been a crazy two years for you guys. Like, we, you know, NCAA tournament last year, so we're, we were covering the women later than normal, covering them even later than normal this year. Um, but then also yeah. the men last year, like it's been a, a fantastic, I think, you know, 24 months for the for the Kansas athletic program. And, and it's I'm, I'm sure it's great for you guys to be a part of it. Oh, yeah, there's so much positive buzz. Anyway, I think Kansas Athletics is one of the more premier uh, athletic departments, and we have a lot of success across all sports. Um, But even in my two years of being here, I think just the buzz around at least our program with the success and the growth success that I'm not going to say it's the same as the men, but it's it's one of those things where it's contagious. So it, it's been really fun to to feel and ride the wave of more fan support, more community engagement, and just like being proud of having a basketball school where it's all encompassing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, and, and so so you kind of coincided with with Travis Goff coming on and kind of the new direction for the entire program with Lance Leipold and, and everybody. And so to to be part of that, what was it that drew you to Kansas and made you want to come here? Well, again, I love basketball. Like I'm, I've, I grew up in a basketball home. I played for my mom. Like we're a basketball family to say the least. Um, been around blue bloods before. Um, so to me, it was a chance to elevate myself and just really step into a new role, uh, a power five conference where I felt like I would be challenged. Um, but then getting down here, just the feel of the culture and uh, the history of success and and every uh, department, just being engaged with what you're doing. And like, I just saw the volleyball coach on the way in and like right. <laughs> getting congratulate him on his contract extension and just all the success of of the programs from one to the next to the next is just something that you want to be a part of. And it's something that you have a lot of pride in when you get to put that on display for, for everyone to see. Yeah. It's, it's pretty clear looking from the outside that there's a lot of synergy between the different teams in the department. Um, Wanted to talk about your time coming to, to, to Kansas. Like you obviously came before the breakout year. Um, yeah. What, what kind of signs were there? Like, I, I, I think everybody kind of had high expectations for, for Holly Kurth-Geeter, Tiana Jackson, Takaya Franklin last year before they went to the NCAA tournament. But I don't think people quite expected it to be as good as it was. So what what early signs did you have coming into that season that, that KU was getting set up for something special? Yeah, I think COVID put us in a really interesting situation. I obviously came in on the back end of it, but what a lot of the like outside people didn't realize is we had pieces that were young and growing, even through the turmoil of not having everybody available and losing a lot of games, but by like one possession or less, um, there was a lot of talent in the program that was 
not necessarily seen as, okay, they're going to be go-to guys. They're going to be able to push us over the edge yet. And walking in last spring or two springs, ago, I guess now, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was very obvious that they were hungry and we were going to be able to do something positive because we had enough pieces that could compete at a high level. And I think as the year went, it kind of snowballed and the confidence grew. And I think we did more than everyone expected, but, but at the same time, we had enough pieces in play. It was just a matter of, are they going to be able to put it all together to, to compete and win games? And we've been fortunate enough to do it two years in a row now. And I think our demeanor as a team has changed where we're not like, Oh my gosh, I hope we win this game. <laughs> it's more, we expect to be here. We expect to win. We expect to compete with the best in the country. And that's a huge shift. There's a huge shift that you don't know if teams can do that right away. You don't know how long it's going to take. Um, so some of it's been trial and error and the WNIT run for me, like, I feel like that was like the biggest indicator of, okay, our team is ready to be at that high level. And it's almost like we needed that to be able to compete night in, night out and really show somebody that we're going to win in a one game scenario and, and get it done and finish. Um, so that's like, to me, it's been really fun to see, but I'm really excited that everyone else also gets yeah. to see what's. Well, and, and, and I think especially for those outside the program to be able to kind of see that ability to go multiple rounds in a tournament like that that doesn't you know it, it had similar stakes i think to the NCAA tournament but not on as big of a stage while i think everybody was upset myself included i actually have some very strongly worded tweets out there about them not making the tournament but um you know like everybody thought they should have been a tournament team but i think being able to go in the wnit not having to play the best teams in the nation in you know the second round and having that extended postseason experience I think it's going to be something that's going to be huge for this team moving forward. Um, jumping back really quick to the to, to the beginning there, because I think the one thing that was underrated that, you know, was, was kind of like, well, is this just coach speak? Uh, I heard a lot from Coach Brandon Schneider about how they had a bunch of players that had to play out of position because of COVID. And so there was a, a lot of players that didn't necessarily look good because they weren't playing where they were supposed to be playing. Like they, they just had to fill in. And so – I think as much as as much as I wanted to believe that coming into last year, um, that was not really something that you can quantify until you actually see it. So, but sure. I also think it's not possible at all to understate how big of a of a deal it was to get Tiana Jackson to come to the team. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> game changer, game changer, right? Um, and that's for anybody. Um, yeah. Now, did we think that she was going to develop? No, I know Coach Terry is fantastic. Like he's, I don't want to call him a post whisperer because that's not, but the way he develops and, and trains and interacts and really engages with his position group, like you can see it on the floor. Like twin was not an, twin Tiana Jackson was not right. a offensive juggernaut last year. And she got more comfortable as the year went on of like, Hey, we're going to throw you the ball, like be okay scoring to this year where it's like, you know what you're going to get seven times out of 10, she's going to make the layup. Right. Right. And, like, like she was extremely aggressive about scoring this year. Whereas last year she would kind of do it if she had to, um, right. you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny because I'm not, I'm not trying to make the comparison, but the leap that she took this year is very reminiscent of the leap that a lot of big men took under Danny Manning when he was an assistant under Bill self, like, the ability to identify what they do well and foster that and then turn that into other areas. 
Like we've seen that development from Twin this year, and I find it interesting. Like she was, she was a potential Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year favorite coming into the season. Like a lot of people expected big things. You know, she. I think she had more than double the blocks of of the next highest person in the Big Twelve. Like honestly, looking at it, I was surprised that she did not get Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, and Big Twelve Player of the Year. Like coming into next year, there's a good chance she's going to be one of the favorites. Um, for the for the preseason award because of how big of a jump that she took and even in season this year it seemed like there was a big jump like have you noticed a big difference for her between the beginning of the year and the end of the year oh for sure some of it is the confidence some of it is having success multiple times in a row that you now know like what you can rely on what you have to counter how teams are going to guard you and having to adjust to that after you've played more games you start to get more comfortable with hey they're just going to push me like that's going to be the biggest thing they're just going to push me if I can get mentally over that they can't keep me from doing what I want to do type of thing I think her confidence and her trust in what we're asking her to do, what we believe in her to do has been through the roof. And I think, again, I think she can make another really big jump, which again, scary, really scary, right? right, in a right. Great way. She um, she set the single season block record two years in a row. Um, so I guess the real question is, you know, what's it going to be uh, next year? Is it going to be like 120 or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I think I <laughs> that's asking goal, a lot. <laughs> say if she if you were gonna ask her she's like i'm going for the all-time blocks record and i'm like well sweetie you're not really that far off of it and it's only <laughs> gonna be a year it's like you're really not that far off like she should yeah. it should be attainable for her to 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 go on as the all-time leading blocks in ku history for us um but that's a testament to her because she's not only just blocking the ball at the basket like she's right. blocking jump she's rotation ball screen like it's it's unbelievable what a defensive impact and presence she has on the floor because she can guard one through five if she gets switched off onto them. Yeah, yeah, and, it, it was crazy to see. And, I think it was the WNIT. I think it was a Missouri game where she blocked a three-pointer, and I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's really far from the basket. Like, what's what's going on here? This is crazy. Um, yeah, and knowing we have her back, like, hey, you can guard. Like, even if they blow by you, like, they still got to finish over you, which they're not going to do. We know they're not right, going to do right. that. <laughs> so – also coming into the year, I, I think a lot of expectations from outside the program was that Sakai Franklin was going to be the main, you know, point guard, the ha- handling those ball handling duties. But obviously, as the year went on, Wyvette Mayberry kind of took that on. Was that always the intention, or is it kind of just what developed throughout the year? Because I, I think coming in, everyone expected Holly Kurskeeter to be kind of the the main scoring guard, Sakai Franklin to be like the main point guard who runs the offense, and then Tyana Jackson, of course, down low doing everything that she does. Um, mm-hmm. but I think Wyvet Mayberry and Chandler Prater, I think both came on in, in roles that I don't think a lot of people were expecting coming into the year. I, I'd agree. I think, uh, this summer early when we started workouts, it was very obvious, um, how much faster and freer we played with Sakaya off the ball because of her ability to score and get downhill. Um, and Wyvet came in and just provided a whole nother gear of juice, um, and it was something where like, well, we can play them together because one can ball hawk the ball and pick up the ball 94 feet uh, in Yvette and really defensively wins her matchups most of the time when it comes to neutralizing an opponent's perimeter 
perimeter offense just because of her ability to stay in front of the ball and not get beat off the dribble. Um, so that, again, I think has helped KB so much in facts where her game plan is just, okay, now when the ball's coming to me, I'm either scoring or I'm making the right decision to dish it off and set up to my teammates instead of running the entire offense, which we've been asking her to do for years. Uh, but I think it's really freed her up to showcase her skill, and I think she spent a lot of time, obviously, she spent a lot of time in the offseason on her shot and getting more comfortable. Uh, the three-point line, when we moved it back last season, really hurt her. Um, just an ability of, like, feeling comfortable at that range thing now because she's off the ball and being in a more of a playmaker, still decision-maker role, uh, higher percentage. She can attack closeouts more. There's more room and space for her to create instead of having the ball and doing it from right. the top of the key. Um, it's just been super, it's been helpful for her. And I think elevated her, but also released her to play freer, um, which again, we didn't know that was going to happen at the beginning of the year, but as the game went, it's been so awesome to see. And then even with Chandler, Chandler usually is a perimeter player and obviously having twin down on the block and having a lot of presence and, and attention drawn to her has really showcased that energy juice ability to be interchangeable that we, we decided we were playing our best basketball with that, with that look. So, um, Again, not expected, but we can really thrive and grow learning and adapting on the fly. We're not set in our ways in any way. So it's been really fun this year to see that that growth from all of these players that we didn't necessarily know what their roles were going to be, but became really, really impactful down the stretch. Yeah, and so at this point when we're recording, Holly and Zakaya have still not announced what their decision is, whether they're coming back or not, but... Um, I, I do know that, that Coach Brandon talked about how he was hopeful that all of them would be coming back. And based on on conversations, that was his expectation. So with that in mind, thinking about who's already you know entered the transfer portal at this point, but then also who's coming in next year, like what is the, the level of excitement right now for what this team could potentially do next year? I think it's high. I think it's very high. Um, today's Friday. So uh, Zakaya did announce – Oh, yesterday, I, have, oh, Wednesday. I, I completely missed it. Whoops. <laughs> that should be back. Haven't awesome. heard anything. Haven't heard anything from Holly yet, but I was like, KB, KB just. Okay. Well then I'm glad, I'm glad that you could break the news to me. Not, not to I'm everyone breaking else. Breaking <laughs> news. Yes. Yes. So, so breaking that we're like a couple days late. It's fine. No. Um, but I think honestly, this group has high expectations for themselves. And even starting the NIT, like that was, it was really hard for us those three days of like trying to get over it of being like guys like we're good enough to be playing in the NCAA tournament but we didn't leave enough room for like it, there was doubt so if there's doubt then we have to change that narrative so I think I think everyone in our program is like great we won this we don't want to do this again like right, we want right. to be able to compete at the highest level and we have real goals um so I think it'll be really fun next year to see. And we've got a, I say a hell of a schedule coming, but you'll see that we've got a schedule coming and uh, we're really setting ourselves up to play high level talent um, to really see what we're made of, but we should be deeper. We should be more experienced and 
we've now shown that we can win in pressure situations, which was something we had to learn to do. Um, Cause I still think there's three to four games, probably three to four in the conference season that probably could have went our way. Oh yeah. Had for we sure. <laughs> to, to know how to do some of that and close it out and finish and take that mindset of, no, they're not beating us. Um, that was a learned skill this year. I really believe that. And I think the, the WNIT championship kind of solidified that for us. Um, so we're going to hold that over their heads. Hey, we learned how to do this. Right. We don't exactly. have to learn how to do this anymore. Um, no more excuses for that. <laughs> not even, I was like, not even that, but we're at an age where our kids are fed up. Like they, they want to win. They want yep. to be history makers. They want to do it. They want to put Kansas women's basketball on the map. Um, so I think we have a lot of excitement Yes, it feels like we're still in last season, so it's going to take a little bit to flip the page, but we're excited about who we can attract to play here because of what we've been able to show and do in the last few years. Who's coming in is exciting, especially to the local uh, Kansas, Missouri area where we have talent that's coming in that should be able to really like put more eyes on our program. Um but yeah, we're, I mean, we're pumped. It's just like, I'm tired. Give me like two right, weeks right. and then I'll be super, super Right, pumped. exactly. We'll be extremely pumped once we have a chance to actually get all that energy back. So no, I completely understand how that is. So um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I was, I was very excited to kind of see the, the crowds get bigger and bigger as you went through that WNIT run. And, you know, to your point though, like the Big 12, there was multiple times where I think that the, the crowd was helping during the Big 12 schedule but you could tell the difference in energy and, and the way you guys were able to feed off of that with that extra support. So obviously it's always important to have support, but how, how big of a deal was it for you guys to see just how full the field house got, especially as we got later in that tournament? Well, it was so fun. I just remember like Mizzou, Mizzou was like the first one, obviously we're playing a, a rival team. We haven't played a rival team in a while and we doubled the attendance and it was like almost 5,000. We're like, Oh gosh, like it was really loud. Right. Yeah. It felt loud. They were rowdy, like our fans were super engaged, which is awesome because not every place has real basketball fans. In Kansas, we have real basketball fans. Yeah. They know what's going on. They're calling for travels. They're calling for fouls. They're like engaged in the game. Um, and as the games went on, it felt like they were just as invested as we were in winning a championship. And it showed in, in the support growing and our team really – they were so appreciative. I, we're still so appreciative. Every time they're like, I can't believe that many people came out to watch us. <laughs> like just so genuinely like happy and enamored. And I hope that fans see that they're accessible. Our players want that support. They're going to interact and, and they're going to be available where I think that's kind of unique to the women's sports is it's not, I don't want to say superstar because we are super like superstars in, in locals eyes, but you might run into them and you can actually have a conversation and, and be able to engage and, and talk to them about things. And you might not get that opportunity all the time with the men, just because it's a higher scale, higher platform. Um, and that's what I think makes it so fun is that we're still playing at a really high level. It's a really good brand of basketball, but you can bring your family and and have a chance to be in the field house and it not be sold out. And you like, yes, we'd love for it to be sold out, but the environment is, is, is more family friendly and like, and kids and 
they're all screaming and running around. It's so fun. I I love. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, was, the, I would love to go to the games. It's, like it's, it's funny because I think one of my favorite things that they do is the whole the dance cam and having the little baby yeah. Jay up there dancing. I think it's hilarious. I don't know why I get a kick out of it every time I do, but it's it's absolutely fantastic. Speaking of fans getting involved, I have to ask because I, I never actually got a chance to ask Brandon about this. Um, okay. The students routinely towards the end of games were chanting for Chisholm Ajekwu to come into the game. <laughs> First of all, how funny was it to hear that over the course of multiple WNIT games? And, and yes. were you guys ever actually close to going ahead and putting her in at some point? <laughs> well, I, I mean, honestly, it's it's a matter of, of game rotation times for whatever, but yeah, yeah. it's you wait till it's like dead quiet in the middle of the third, like there's a free throw going on or something. And then it's like, just like, that's all you're hearing. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like that shows how much our players are engaging with the student ba- fan base and like seeing more students come to our game and having a blast and making signs and, and being there early. They, when they opened it up 90 minutes before for the championship game, like it was almost full and yeah. they were rowdy. Oh, I, no, I was, I was surprised. There was like 45 minutes left and that was, the amount of people that were there at tip off the game before. Yes. It was ridiculous. It was, it was great. It was <laughs> I was so excited. But again, like it just goes to a testament of if you come and give the team a chance, no, no matter who you are, whether you're a student here, like, Hey, there's a basketball game going on. It's not men. I don't have to rally. Like I don't have to get on a, a, a list to get on the game. Like I can just go. Okay, cool. Like try it out. And then you come in. It's super fun. Like, Bring it for oh, yeah. next time. Coming back because I, I truly feel like the more and more people that just give it a chance, they come back and they bring more people and they realize these are really like impactful games, but like we're making a difference in the game environment. And that's all Columbia talked about when they were getting ready to leave. They're like, this experience was <laughs> awful. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Like there were so many people and they were so engaged in the games. Well, it was also a close game and it was competitive and it was good basketball, but they're locked in because of the, of the venue and the crowd and they, they're feeding off on it too. And it just, it, we had more and more fans during the end of the conference play. I felt like our last three or four home games right were super loud and there was a lot of energy and to us that's all we can ask for um if we can get that kind of environment consistently i know it's hard on the weekdays but that is we're not asking to fill it we're just asking for competitive um enjoy the game enjoy the environment but like be a factor like well, it's well hey it's, if, if you guys if you guys keep playing as competitively as you have been i'm sure that we're going to get to a point where it gets filled filled which, yeah, which would be like absolutely fantastic. Yeah, ex- like exactly, exactly. But no, We're you know, it. it's 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 funny because you talked about you know, like I, I think the the whole chanting for Chisholm and that sort of thing. That's the kind of stuff that they do over the men's games because they're used to the men, you know, yeah. being up enough that you put in all the walk ons, you put in all the guys that don't start. Yeah, and absolutely. So, you know, we're we're getting to that same sort of thing where. You guys, uh, the the expectations are, I think, up high enough, but also just the general confidence in the program and their ability to go ahead and actually close those out. So I am I am super excited about what next season is going to bring. Uh, I am looking forward for us to be able to. How about we do this again after you know a long NCAA tournament run next year? So that sounds good. I'm I'm I'm, I'm all for that. All right. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Good luck in the off season, and hopefully, hopefully, we have another great season. You know, with a with a Big Twelve championship. Let's 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 go oh, there. 
We'd love that. <laughs> we would love that, right? That's the yeah, goal. Yeah, exactly. Goal. Thank you. And that is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much, Morgan, for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, where Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast. You can subscribe. Get every episode as soon as it comes out. You give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments. It would be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are part of the 1012 Podcast Network covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference. That includes the teams that are coming in as well starting next year. Go over to 1012network.com. Find links to all the great shows that we have there. We have almost every single school we're looking to end the last few. So there's tons of great coverage from a lot of great podcasters over there. Um, make sure you visit our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Uh, promo code CHOCK12 gets you great deals over there. Also, our sponsor, Prize Picks, same thing. Thank you guys so much for listening. Morgan, thank you so much for joining me. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Mm-hmm.